Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined just by Justin Southwell tonight. Eve had a last-minute work trip up to Kansas City, so I hope he's enjoyed some good barbecue. Eve, we will miss you, but we're going to do our best here. Yeah, way to bill on us, bro. I know you're listening, though, so fine it's fine we don't need you it's totally fine yeah that's cool uh viewership went down 50 percent um i'm just kidding we got this we got this <laughs> it's all good my lighting is i looked super dark for a second so sorry i just had to adjust that um anyway now that we're set with my lighting and acknowledging eve's not here there was an athletic article i know there's a lot of discord going on at the athletic right now so i hate to bring up that company. However, there was an interesting article that was just released today regarding Oklahoma State. They talked to Mike Gundy about sort of what happened over the last year. We've talked a lot this offseason about the unprecedented exodus with the transfer portal, a little bit about Gundy. Not too much new in that article, but I did feel like, Justin, I felt we got a little bit of, I mean, it's Gundy, He's like a Bill Belichick, doesn't say too much, but he was kind of honest about some things in there as well. We can sort of tackle it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So just he's, he's kind of, uh, yeah, it, it just kind of depends on, on almost like the day, you know, how he's feeling, how much he'll divulge to the media. But uh, I think that, yeah, he's sitting down, kind of getting to explain what's going on and yeah, he gave some pretty good insight, and I think a lot of it was what we would imagine him saying. But it was uh, refreshing to see that in the off season and uh, kind of know what was going through his mind at the time. It's also just refreshing. Again, one of the big things was well, last year one of the big things. You know, we were a top ten team halfway through the season, and then we were just decimated with injuries. Twenty players entered the twenty twenty two season never having started a game and finished that season as starters. That's almost an entire offense and defense, which is actually insane when you look, I mean, you, you hear about the injuries, but when you put it with the number quantity on it, that's so many. And Gundy said in retrospect, or Gundy said that he had never dealt with anything like that in his career. He also said in retrospect, they didn't have a strong enough core team chemistry to really carry them through in spite of the injuries. So Justin, as a coach, how do you, how can Gundy approach this season and hopefully get less injured players? Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that for the most part, 
you use, you rely on that culture that he's talking about and um, kind of reflect on what it looks like whenever you don't go through those type of injuries for, like you said, an unprecedented amount of injuries. Well, what's the standard at Oklahoma State? And for the last few years, or really over Gundy's tenure, um, we, I feel like it, it's pretty much to the point where I think you can say that 10 wins per season is kind of the expectation. And if that doesn't happen, like it did last season, as a player, you're probably thinking, hey, you know, this isn't what I signed up for, so I'm not having fun anymore. Winning's fun. We're not winning like I thought we were going to be. And it's easy to hop into the portal because of that. But I feel like in the context of the injuries in that one season, it's so short-sighted to jump in the portal and head to another university just because of that. Um, you know, this is the same program that just a year before had won 12 games and they were really one yard away from winning 13. So yeah, like I said, 10 wins, that's kind of the expectation. That's what the culture is all about. Uh, how you prepare every day, going about your business. Uh, you expect that from the coaches, you follow a process of preparation and then you win those games. So, you know, I, Gundy kind of called it out. Like there wasn't a problem with the culture. He said that that was BS. And I, I agree. It was, it wasn't a problem with the culture. It was a problem of staying healthy and a problem of guys who maybe weren't prepared to step up and, uh, you know, come into play for their injured counterparts. So trust the process, win games, retain more players. And there's no reason to believe that there's any kind of culture issue going on. I want to rephrase my question because I understand that some injuries, some injuries are preventable by taking your strength and conditioning seriously. And that's not me saying specific to Oklahoma state. That is in general. That is why the off season program is so important because some injuries are preventable overall in general. Others can't help. It's a freak accident. It's a play. It's, it's how you, so uh, offensive lineman rolls up on your ankle. Yeah, that's that you can't really avoid that. So I understand that. But how can Gundy better prepare his guys to be the next man up in the event we are hopefully not decimated? But if our starting quarterback goes down this year, how do you prepare the next man up to be more ready? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a question that's uh, I don't know. I don't I don't really know the answer to that because. I mean, you recruit the guys to come in and the thought is that eventually they're going to be ready to be able to replace the, the guys that are in there. They're going to develop and they're going to be able to step in and either match or exceed what they had you know, seen from the, the starter the year before. And whenever you're thrown in the mix and you're not ready yet, then, I mean, this is kind of what we, this is what we see. This is what we get as what we saw last year. Um, I don't think there's any kind of magic thing you can say to instill confidence in those players to play at a higher level. A lot of that will come with just getting that experience, uh, getting in the weight room, gaining that strength. I mean, a freshman strength compared to a senior strength is astronomical. So uh, I think in the last few years we were led by a lot of seniors and that helped us win a lot of games. And whenever you have a lot of, youth come in to replace that, you know, it's hard to expect the same results, no matter the talent level. 
Fair. You mentioned the expectation has kind of become a 10 win season every year. There was also 24 seven sports release the top 25 winningest programs of the last 10 years and not trying to get away from the athletic article, but related to that Oklahoma state ranked 11th on that list from 2014 or 20, 2013 to 2022. We have 10 plus wins in five of the last 10 seasons. Gundy has not won fewer than seven games since his inaugural season in 2025. However, during the last 19 years, he's only won one big 12 championship. So I say all this to say, I go back and forth every week. Not if Gunny's mm-hmm. a good coach. I, like 10 wins is amazing. Teams would kill for 10 wins. Like that is a solid season, but mm-hmm. only one big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. So like what should the standard at Oklahoma State be? or the expectation? Why is our expectation not higher? Why are we settling for 10 wins? Why are we not saying, you know what? I don't want 10 wins. I want a big 12 championship. I want a college football playoff appearance. Well, I don't think anybody really goes into the season thinking, ah, if we just get nine or 10 wins, we'll be great. You know, everybody's goal and really their expectation, what they're focused on all off season is winning a big 12 championship. I mean, it's that's just the nature of the beast in the Big 12. It's a, a cannibalistic conference in a lot of ways. Uh, you don't have the Alabama or Ohio State that just – or Georgia seemingly just wins it every single year because they are that much higher in, uh, you know, developing, recruiting, all that talent to, to be just making a massive gap between them and the rest of the conference. And with Oklahoma State, they're not at that level yet. And I don't know that they ever will get on that level. But um, we've had giants in our backyard with OU. Uh, you know, Texas, not – I mean, we've, we've kind of had their number. That's, that's the thing. It's like we are, we're right there, you know. Um, and that's why you see teams in the last three games, there have been six different teams in the Big 12 championship. So – that is, I think that is the expectation. We uh, we can definitely get there. Consistently, consistency, just being being on top of your game week over week, uh, having that preparation. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, like what you were alluding to earlier, as far as going back and forth on you know, do you want to be consistent year over year like that, or do you want to catch lightning in a bottle and win a big 12 championship, go to the college football playoff. And, you know, I was thinking about that a little bit today and I lean more toward what OSU has done because I think it can lend itself to be a recruiting advantage against those other programs. So if you take a look at, you know, TCU, for example, perfect example for, from last year, um, I don't know that you can say that 10 wins is the expectation year over year for TCU based on their inconsistently inconsistency, because yes, they caught lightning in a bottle a little bit last year. They won a lot of very close games last year and they could have easily gone five and seven or whatever the case is. Uh, You can't say that about Washington or Michigan state or Florida state or Cincinnati, who are also teams that have gone to the college football playoff. Um, But like I said, 
it, it takes a special kind of program to get to that level consistently year over year in the college football playoff, like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson over the last 10 years or so. Um, Georgia's up there now. Uh, OSU is a little bit closer to, say, LSU, for example. Uh, we're near the top and consistently can be in contention for that if we just knock off, you know, knock off the Alabama every once in a while, knock off OU every once in a while. Um, and we just haven't been able to necessarily do that over the last decade, which is unfortunate because, you know, that getting over that lends to better recruiting and uh, the dominoes will start to fall, if you will. So we're that close. Just got to keep believing. Maybe we'll get there. You talked about knocking off Alabama and wanting to get that. And one of the things that was mentioned in this athletic article was the, obviously the BCS system back in 2011, when you guys went to the Fiesta bowl three in the polls, Gundy said that had won that last game and got in, sorry to bring it up, but he is convinced that you would have been able to beat Alabama Take mm-hmm. your personal feelings connected to the team. You were on that team. Do you agree with that statement? I do. Absolutely. Um, with the way that that offense was, I mean, nobody was stopping us. And it didn't matter if it was a great Alabama off, uh, defense, LSU defense. We saw it against Stanford. Um, nobody's stopping Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman. And, uh, you know, there's, it's just, uh, it's, it's so tough to look back and say, uh, yeah, they, they could have, but I just feel like that perception is skewed based on what Bama has done since then. But that specific team in 2011, I think if there were a four team playoff, like we have now, uh, it would have been LSU versus Stanford and OSU versus Alabama in that first round. Yeah, I think we would have beaten Alabama. I mean, it's just um, unfortunate we didn't get that opportunity. But hey, it is what it is. You just gotta, just gotta move on. Keep keep grinding. Keep going. Uh, Alabama has taken advantage of uh, their opportunities since then, and uh, OSU they had that one year. That was kind of the lightning in a bottle, lightning in a bottle type of season, and. Uh, didn't didn't fully get to capitalize on it. Got to be on it every week. Keep referencing lightning in a bottle. And I do think that with the expansion, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, with the expansion to 12 teams, there's going to be a lot more of an opportunity for teams like OSU, like TCU, the Michigan States, the Washingtons, who have been in the conversation and then kind of fall off. I think teams like Utah, from you know, they had a great year last year in the Pac-12 that they are going to be able to make the playoffs, which I think overall will help recruiting because if you're on a playoff team and you're in that top 10, because to me right now, you look at the top 25 year over year, no one's really talking about teams seven through 25. You know, the top six teams, obviously the top four, because they're on the college football playoff. And then you have five and six. And they're in recent years, it's been, should that team have gotten in over, number four, you know, this year mm-hmm. was like, should number, should Ohio state have gotten it? Should it have been this team instead? And there's always that conversation, but it, no one's really sitting there being like, Oh, well team number nine, but now with the expanded playoffs, I think it's going to put a little bit more emphasis 
on the top 25 as a whole because it kind of get well it doesn't kind of it gets down into the middle of yeah. that top 25 so there's a lot more on the line for bigger picture of that rankings definitely um i think that it's a little bit far-fetched to say if you're consistently making it in the college football playoff as a expanded playoff with 12 teams that that's going to help a ton in recruiting. I still feel like you're still, you're going to need to get into that final four position consistently to get those kind of recruits. I don't think that just making the playoff is going to be like, ah, you know, I, I just don't think that that's going to affect Oklahoma state's recruiting, for example. You don't think, I don't think so. Do you? I do. I do. If, if, if Oklahoma state becomes a team that's consistently in the college football playoff or, I mean, I guess it's still if you're consistently a top 10 team, then it's like, okay. But I think the college football playoff just adds that like, ooh, playoffs. Because again, I think that sometimes it gets lost if you're a top 10 team because you're not in the playoff. Well, now that you are going to be, it just adds a little more emphasis to that. Mm-hmm. I, but I also feel like in that case, OSU is going to need to be Big 12 champions or yes. be in the title game. Yes. Otherwise, if they're just, you know, making it in as the number 11 or 12 and maybe they don't make for whatever reason, I don't know how that would work out. They don't make championship game for whatever reason. Um, they don't make the big 12 championship game. Yeah. Yeah. But they still somehow managed to make the playoff. There's like weird scenarios that go on like that. Like, um, was it like Ohio State last year, for example? They didn't play yeah. in the Big Ten championship game, but they still made it to the playoff, a four-team playoff at that. Right. And um, I can see that that – I can see some weird scenario where you don't play in a conference championship game, but you still slide into the into the playoff. Well, it's going to be easier um, for that to happen. Yeah. Because you have the four, like, conference champions, and then it kind of just goes through – I need to go back and actually see the teams five through 12, but there's like the four top four teams based on like conference champion or top five, I guess like the five group of five. Again, I would need to go back and look at it, but there is, Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, well then the next best team. So if you have a situation where, especially with the big 12, there's currently no conference or there's no divisions within the big 12. So it's like, okay, you have, look at the 2021 season. It was what Baylor, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. They were all sort of, what was it? 10 and one at that one point. And the Oklahoma, like it had Oklahoma beat Oklahoma state in bedlam. I think that would have knocked Baylor out of. Right. So you have that situation that, but then, in that scenario, Baylor's still 10 and one, 11 and one, they could then still slide yeah. in because they have a record. And then if, oh, if Oklahoma state wins the big 12, it knocks out whoever they beat. So it's right. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all so, shakes out. In that scenario, in that scenario, in my head, that's what I'm thinking. Like, mm, that's kind of where we are right now. And right. I don't feel like it's going to be like, Oh, just cause you're making the playoff now. I'm, a recruit who's considering going to Texas A&M or, you know, Texas, whatever the case is, but because OSU is making the playoff, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with OSU. I just, I don't know. I don't, that, I don't know what the catalyst catalyst would be for that. Like what's, what's the difference, but I think we'll the see big, how it shakes out. I don't know. <laughs> so that you said is 
making the Big 12 championship. I think that is first and foremost the number one thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think that sometimes, though, we get so caught up on making it to the Big 12 championship, we don't focus on the opponent in front of us that week? Um, I don't know. I don't. I like to say no because I think that it's drilled in your head from the coaching staff. You take it one week at a time. You go one to know, focus on this week, and then you, you move on to the next. But, I mean, it's human nature, I think, to kind of look ahead. and I, I, I just don't know. I, I feel like it's – uh, you're put in that position and you got to win the game. So I, I just, you're not looking that far ahead thinking, Oh, you know, if we win this game, we're going, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I ask because last year at big 12 media days, I'm pretty sure it was Brendan Presley was talking, you know, they were back in Arlington at mm -hmm. Cowboys stadium. The last time they were there prior to big 12 media days was the big 12 championship. So for them, it was just this weird feeling of being back in this place where they were one yard away yeah. from a big 12 title. And that was their main goal last season. And I think it's okay to have that goal. And it's so hard to, to think about, was that their focus every week? Because again, they were decimated by injuries. So I don't think it's fair to be like, Oh, they were looking too far ahead. No, they had 20 players who had never started before now as starters. Like there were so many other issues with that team. But I just was curious because, Again, last summer, being back in Arlington for the first time since that loss to Baylor, they're like, well, this is – I think also it's reporters poking at them. They're like, hey, the last time you were here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's the media. Um, sure, no, because like last year if you go through kind of the season, you start off pretty hot. You run into TCU, lose a very close double overtime game there, bounce back and beat Texas. And then, you know, I don't think you go into that Kansas State game thinking about the Big 12 championship game, thinking about Kansas State and beating them. Because that was, at that point, I think it was still a top 25 matchup. And you're just focused on beating Kansas State. And it was, like, not even close. So um, by halftime, those guys are like, forget the Big 12, you know. So, yeah, I don't know how much, how much that really plays into it. It's very much play the opponent that you're, they're, you're facing right now and then – once you finish that game, then you can kind of start looking ahead a little bit again. But yeah. Yeah. Another interesting thing within that athletic article, again, a lot of it's what we talked about. Everyone knows Spencer Sanders entered the transfer portal. If you have not read this athletic article, I recommend going and reading it, getting your own perspective, because obviously we can't go through every single thing that was mentioned. But I did think it was a good read. It was an interesting read, very topical. And, you know, as we gear up for the upcoming season, coaches said that they were under the impression that Spencer was going to play in the bowl game. So Gundy did admit like that was a little frustrating how that whole thing played out. Spencer hasn't really mm -hmm. spoken on it. And I think he has every right to keep those internal conversations to himself. What I did find interesting about the Spencer Sanders little snippet within this athletic article is that Casey Dunn said he believes there might have been a Spencer Sanders statue outside of Boom Pickens Stadium, eventually down the line, had he stuck it out and finished his career here. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think maybe that was a little bit of an exaggeration because, okay, like, let me back. Certainly he would be in the ring of honor based on the stats alone. Like, you're going to get record stats over the course of your six years at OSU nobody's going to touch those. So yes, you're going to submit yourself as a, as a legend in that sense. But 
a statue though like i mean you're gonna have to win a heisman for that seriously and thurman thomas doesn't have a statue <laughs> right yeah i mean i just the window on that opportunity closed last year caleb williams elevated his game to another level and created a massive gap between those two quarterbacks so even if he does well at Ole Miss this season, I don't see him having a Caleb Williams type of year that would warrant any kind of Heisman hype. And he would have had to do that at OSU last year, and, and it obviously didn't happen. So I was on the Spencer Sanders Heisman hype train for the first few weeks. We were on it together. Listen. But <laughs> fell I apart. Entered- and that's not, that's not me saying, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, I, I entered 2022 with, you know, if you go back in the first episode of Believe in OK State before you and just you and Eve joined me on this show, I said Spencer Sanders is my biggest question mark this season. And if he can ball out and limit his mistakes, I think that we are contenders and I think that he could be in top quarterback. I don't think I said Heisman conversation. I won't give myself that credit. But then as we got into weeks two, three, four, I remember asking Jacob Unruh from the Oklahoman, do you think he'll be in New York? And he said, everything has to pan out right. Everything has to go well. We have to win a Big 12 title. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, if he keeps trending upward, it's not it, it's not completely impossible. And then he got hurt. So I feel for Spencer Sanders because I was all aboard the Spencer Sanders train after being a little uncertain about him going into last season. Right, yeah, he started hot. Uh, the touchdown to interception ratio if i remember right was way more in the positive direction and very much trending toward you know based on what we've seen over the last especially the year before just went out and it was looking like that and it just happened to you know even even the loss to tcu uh he kind of bounced back in that texas game and it was like okay maybe but man it was just uh he just fell apart. Shoulder, uh, midsection was injured. Just banged. He was just so, so banged up, and you know he's he's tough. He gave it his all, but um, it was just not not nearly enough to warrant any Heisman talk after the uh, after the Kansas State game. Yeah. One other note about Spencer's value to this offense. First of all, Oklahoma State's offense played 196 more drives than any other. FBS team and it didn't score on 130 of them. So that's wow. Second, they scored 62 points on 54 drives without Sanders. So that just shows the impact that he had on this team. And I honestly, I wish him, I hope this move to Ole Miss works out for him. I really, really do. Like, I want to see him succeed. I want to see every guy, well, maybe not every guy, but I want to see most of the guys. I would love to see Mason succeed. I'd love to see Trace succeed. Like, and Gundy said that with the transfer portal, guys kind of left under three categories. He said they were seeking a fresh start, guys like Mason, Trace, Spencer, players who received NIL deals. He can't confirm money offers were made, but he's that's his sneaky suspicion, and players who weren't good enough to start. And I appreciate his candor and his honesty. And Gundy's like, I'm never going to negotiate people for money. I'm not going to deal with a line of guys saying, this school offered me this. What's your offer? So it's either take it or leave it. You're either coming here to play football, want to be coached, don't want to be coddled, or you're not. And I respect Gundy for saying, like, 
I'm not really going to change my coaching style. And either you come here and you're all in or don't come here. And that's that. Yeah. I, I think that's the right way to go about it. Uh, especially at Oklahoma state, you're not going to be able to be in the arms race with some of these other schools uh, as far as NIL collective money is concerned. And, you know, if you don't want to be here, all right, man, just, just head out. Best of luck. Um, but yeah, I really hope that commitments moving forward have more weight whenever they're brought in, understanding the expectation, buying in and, and playing your three or four years here. Um, but it's a new era of college football and Gundy is going about it in kind of an old school way. But it's also a way that I think is proven to work. Um, there's there's so much like wishy-washiness going on with NIL that you can't sustain year-over-year success as a program unless you're one of these schools that's like, you know, just bringing in players like cogs in a machine or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I, think that that's, I think that's absolutely the right way to go about it for Oklahoma State for coach Gundy. Um, and I hope that whoever the next coach is, uh, he does the same thing. Which fear not Gundy made it very clear in the end of the article that he has no intention to leave. He has no plans on retiring anytime soon. He still loves what he's doing. So the Oklahoma state faithful fear not. I don't think coach is going anywhere anytime soon. And the one, the one last thing I do want to mention about the article, there was a lot of, a lot of questions regarding his coaching staff. And I admit that I was also kind of like, should people be fired? Should they be replaced? There was a lot of question marks going into that. And Gundy, after the season, he pulled all of his coaches in and he said, I'm not firing anybody. We won a Fiesta Bowl last season. We had a 12 win 13, 12 win season last season, like no mm-hmm. one's going anywhere. This is not a fluke, but this year was just unprecedented. We had injuries. We had a mass exodus with the portal. There's a lot of uncertainty throughout this season. I'm not going to let anybody go. We're going to figure it out because we've proven that this unit can do it. So I also, I do commend Gundy for that. He seems like a no, obviously I'm not on his coaching staff, but he just seems like a no BS guy and I, I that's for sure. straight shooters, you know, like, yeah, eagerly there. <laughs> yeah. And it's easy to see through, um, the circumstances. Um, it's easy as a fan to say fire coach done based on what the statistics were, what the win loss record indicated based on what our expectations of the program is. But then if you look at it for what it really is with the injuries, you can't expect coach Dunn to have the same level of success with players that aren't at that standard. They're not at that, they're not at that level yet. Uh, You can't, you're limited to what you can call. Uh, Your offensive line is playing musical chairs. You just don't have really a prayer. So it's kind of amazing that we still had a winning season. Like that's the floor at Oklahoma state seven wins. And it's only up from there. Like that is based on having 20 guys, you know, injured. And so, um, 
I think we're in a great place. I think it's smart to give Coach Dunn that second chance, essentially, like come back and prove yourself that you are what you had been the last few years. And um, back's against the wall now. So do or die, make or break. Uh, he's he's not Coach Gunny's made it clear he's not going to fire him. Um, but you know if it gets bad again, he will get run out of town. So <laughs> like I don't I don't expect that happen to happen. But um, we should should be excited about this upcoming season and the potential uh, for what's in for what's ahead. Also, I uh, missed a comma, and I said we played 196 drives more than – no, we played 196 drives on offense, which was more than any other team. So I misspoke. I was like, that seems mm. off. Commas are important. Reading's important. That's true. <laughs> so we had 196 drives on offense, which was the most in FBS, not 196 more than any other team. So, yes, my mistake. I corrected myself. I apologize, but I want to get – want to get the numbers right talking about statues in the ring of honor justin <laughs> he's not getting the statue but terry miller is being added to the cowboy ring of honor on the uh, october 14th game when we host kansas i think we talked about him last week when we were talking about the college football hall of fame or that was two weeks ago he's a two-time all-american and was inducted mm -hmm. in to the college football hall of fame in 2022 he finished second in 1977 Heisman voting in 43 games at Oklahoma State. He had 871 carries for almost 4,800 rushing yards and 49 touchdowns. So that's insane. But yeah, so get your tickets for the Kansas game to honor Terry Miller. Yeah, I'm glad he's going to be you know back in. He was he was in Stillwater. It was the Arizona State game. Last year, when they they honored him for his induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, so it's always great whenever college football legends can return to Stillwater. And um, yeah, I love it. I'm I'm all about it. Anytime somebody can be honored for and recognized for for the, the work that they put in on the field, like I didn't realize this, but apparently Oklahoma State was in a pretty bad bowl drought back then in the '70s, and um, Terry Miller was a big reason why they broke that. So pretty awesome. He also was drafted by the Buffalo Bills, and he replaced O.J. Simpson as a starting running back for Buffalo and ran for 1,060 yards in his rookie season. So, I mean, like personal feelings on O.J. aside, he was a prolific running back in college and the NFL. So to come in and replace him is speaks a lot about Terry's abilities. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, also, one more shout out to Dayton Fix, who earned the number three spot on the U.S. Senior National Wrestling Team with a 9-0 shutout victory over Austin DeSanto. So Justin had to get wow. some wrestling love on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Well-deserved. 9-0. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm guessing that was freestyle, right? I Do think so, know? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Easier yeah. to rack up those points yeah, than but... collegiate-style wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling is just so fascinating to watch. I just, I've only watched a few matches, but I'm like, what is happening? What is going on? I learned ride time. So I'm trying to brush up on my wrestling knowledge. Cause yeah, you never know. You're coming handy. And finally, before we go, I just want to say happy father's day 
to you and Eve, Aww. who is MIA, but it is Father's Day weekend. Yay. Eve's first Father's Howdy. Day. He's not even here. Well, Eve, enjoy. Enjoy it. Don, you're going to have to spoil your man. Um, no, that's exciting. I'm uh, looking forward to it. it it's uh, kind of a secondary thought for me. So my wife and I were actually married on June 19th, and I feel like our anniversary is always intermingling with and around Father's Day. So it's more focused on the anniversary than it is Father's Day, but hey, I'll take a happy Father's Day shout out every once in a while. So your anniversary is on Monday. That How many it is. Years? How many years? Eight. Eight. Dang. Yeah. Going strong. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I mean, I guess I hope that Sheridan does something nice for you on Sunday and then you guys can do something nice together on Monday. No doubt. We got it taken care of. It's going to be a, a big weekend for us. Yeah. I'm even going to take a half day off of work. Ooh. Whoa. Going big. <laughs> yeah. Going big. My dad's in Paris, so I can't even like call him to say happy Father's Day. Wow. But I know. I'll call my brother. Oh, I won't call my brother. I'll text my brother. Get <laughs> Father's Day. I'm going to have to leave him a message and uh, let him get to it in the morning. Yeah. I'll, I'll text him. I'll send him a text. He'll get it there when he can. comes to Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's fine. That's fun though. Well, surprised you didn't join him. You're on your international tour. I had a wedding. I had a wedding in Italy and I couldn't stay like three more weeks to be in Paris. Darn. If I didn't have the wedding, I would have crashed my parents' trip and gone with them. But, you know, the next one. The next one. Exactly. Well, happy Father's Day to all those dads listening. Thank you for listening to the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Once again, I'm Megan Robinson, joined by Justin Southwell. Eve, we miss you. Hope we held it down for you. Like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, rate, review, do all the things. And of course, go Pokes. Go Pokes. Thank you.